For more accessibility, feel free to read the transcript as you listen, available at autish.wordpress.com. Welcome to the Autish Podcast. My name is Onikage, and this autism podcast, like my blog, provides various autistic content. I am autistic myself, and I want to promote acceptance and to explore various stories and personalities for the autistic community. This podcast will feature guests that are involved in the autistic community in some way. Today, we'll be discussing art. A lot of autistics like to create artistic projects. Some mediums include photography, painting, drawing, maybe even music. Some autistics like the term autistic artist to bridge the gap between neurotypical and autistic people. Today's guest is Margot Wosk, also known as Rachel Filiak, a non-binary autistic artist, advocate and blogger. Margot uses different mediums for their art, whether it's advocacy videos via YouTube or various artworks that are available to purchase on Etsy. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Margot. I am Canadian. I recently came out as non-binary, so I use they and them. I am an autistic artist, and I love cats and thrifting and 1960s and 70s pop culture. I have my website, navigatingjourney.com, where I blog about being autistic and art and whatever, basically gets me pissed off or whatever if I need to get something out it's going to end up on my blog I also have my Etsy store uh Retrophiliac um which is also my artist pseudonym so yeah I've been really busy and it's been great that's good that you have uh, plenty of things to do in various mediums even if it's not just art like your blog for instance explain what kind of art you like to create sure so In terms of my art, it's very vibrant and bright, and I use a lot of colors. I recently looked, and I think I've been going at this since as Retrophiliac since like 2006 or 2008, and I've done hundreds of pieces of art, different subject matter. So I like to do like landscapes. I like to paint pictures of cats and different animals, flowers, abstracts. Probably there's more things, but... Off the top of my head, those would be the main ones. Do you think being autistic has an impact in your art and your creativity? I do. For me, art has always been a really good escape. And I find that I'm able to really kind of zone out and really, even though I'm zoning out, I'm still really focused on what I'm doing. And I find that it is such an expression of my inner self that even if I'm not talking or expressing myself in that way, just being able to see what comes to fruition in front of me on a canvas is just kind of amazing. And I think that because my brain is wired differently, I do see the world differently and in a whole alternative way from maybe neurotypical people. And I think that my art is a great expression of that and it's a great way to bridge the gap and show people what autistic are capable of and to kind of get rid of those negative stigmas yeah I do definitely agree when it comes to art being like some a a language a way of us communicating 
our emotions through our medium, whether it's drawing or music. For me, I used to draw a lot when I was a kid. I wanted to be a cartoonist when I was growing up, but during my late teens and adult years, I kind of neglected drawing, so I always joked myself, I'm 10 years behind. And most of the time when I do draw, it's my making cards for family members or my partner or some friends. And I forget how, as you say, that drawing gets you zoned out, but in focus and how calming it is. And I'm just like, why do I do this more often? And I'm trying to improve more in my drawing again. But my main medium is photography and I do express my emotions in my arts for that. And I definitely think being autistic unleashes my creativity. Have you ever focused on autistic themes in your artworks? Not really so much. I mean... My art is really colorful and I know that the like infinity sign uses a lot of the same colors that I use, but in terms of having anything that's like directly correlates to autism or being autistic, I wouldn't say so. I think the closest I'm going to get to that is just calling myself an autistic artist and introducing myself that way because I think when people know, they either say things that are really patronizing like you're not an autistic artist, sweetie. You're just an artist. And I have to say to them, by you saying that, you're automatically assuming that autism or being autistic is inherently bad, which is why you want me to drop the label. It's nobody else's place to tell somebody how to identify. And so what I say to them is, I'll introduce myself and say, autism is a very empowering neurotype. I aim to break down barriers and reduce and hopefully eliminate stigma by saying that. So I think if people see a physical representation, a visual representation of what somebody who is autistic is capable of, I think that opens up the conversation to be like, okay, you know, I have people telling me my family member is autistic, my grandson is autistic, my children are autistic, your art is so inspiring and I'm showing my child your art and my child loves art and my child loves cats. So I think if that's the way that I bring autism and art together, then that to me is like so fulfilling and so rewarding. I really don't understand the whole stigma behind the label autistic artist. I think it's because of the whole labeling thing when they go, stop using autistic as a trend. Why are you using it as a label? Like it's your gender or sexuality. And it's like, that's not what it is. That's why I am. I don't have autism. I am autistic. When it comes to being an autistic artist, I see it as more... It's kind of a subgenre in itself. As you say, it creates less stigma. I think it bridges the gap of neurotypical and autism. Not in a way of, oh, you have two labels, you're trying to um, increase the gap of them two. It's like, no, it's like, it's kind of like subgenres of music. There's like two different ones, but we're not treating them as two different things. They could merge. There's a different perspective. And I see autistic artists as a different perspective, but it's still art. And they are still artists. Then they can choose whether they call themselves autistic artists or artists if they want. Other people shouldn't judge or try and choose names for them. At the end of the day, I think it's definitely a different perspective, and I think it can be a genre in itself with how our works are formed. I could technically be called an autistic artist because I've done 
projects based on autism itself. Women in the Spectrum is one of my projects for my photography in Autistic Ways Agenda. Those two video slash photography hybrid projects are all to do with autism on an autistic point of view, also in a neutral point of view, because I like to see things from all angles. If I called myself an autistic artist and someone told me no, I'd be like, well, why are you being so ableist about it? <laughs> no, totally. And I think that it's just so incredibly important for more of us to, if, if we're comfortable with, to say autistic before maybe whatever we do. I mean, I know a lot of people have to conceal it and I respect them and I understand that that's a personal choice and that's, you know, what they, their prerogative and what they need to do. But if, if we're, you know, an autistic artist, autistic photographer, it's not that we're looking for pity from people because we're not. We're looking to open up that conversation to say, hey, look at what we're capable of. Look at the fact that we have a different neurotype and this is how we see the world. You can see the world a little bit through our eyes and you can connect with us and ask us, if we're open to it, you can ask us questions and learn. And I think, yeah, totally. If, if we're able to claim that and take it back and make it something positive, I think that's the only way to really have any real change or growth in terms of growing positivity. That's the only way to make it happen. We need more of that because there's too many infantilizing attitudes. Like some able to see autistic works, they go, oh, well done, well done. And it's just like, no, just treat them like they're human, not like some sort of toddler. And oh, it frustrates me to no end. <laughs> I totally, I can completely relate with that. It just, oh, even to this day, it still happens. We have a long way to go. <laughs> but I do try and be not optimistic, and there is definitely optimistic um, examples online, which is pretty cool. Do you have any favourite pieces of work in particular that you've made? So I'm not really sure about what my favourite pieces of art are. I've done one called Inner City Zoo with an elephant in a playground on a hopscotch with a heron wearing a bandana and inner city zoo is kind of like a play on words right inner city and then city zoo so i put it all together and then autumn sin which also is a play on word like autumn sin or autumn's in <laughs> so that one is got some houses and a swirly tree and a wavy sky that's very van gogh inspired then i've been doing a lot of cats and cats in cups and then I do a lot of like landscapes. So I don't even know, like I'm on DeviantArt and I've had that account for a super long time. I try to put most of my art on there, but literally I think I've honestly done hundreds of pieces of art, at least a couple hundred. That's a big range of designs and pieces to choose from. <laughs> I totally get that. Especially when you have a large portfolio of things you made over the years, it's like, uh favorites I don't, I don't know <laughs> it's always it's always good to ask or even if it's just various pieces that stand out to you i do like your uh, cats and mugs i think those ones stand out most to me i just think they're adorable <laughs> and they're great for like tote bag uh, patterns or even just like up in the wall i just think they're really adorable i think those are my favorites the tote bags and the prints have sold like i'm doing pretty well with that and it's kind of amazing to know that like I'm Canadian right so the majority actually of my customers are like Americans yeah so it's fun 
show that in various states there's different people holding tote like having tote bags with my art right on it and it's like just amazing and i never in my wildest dreams thought this could happen like i'm at about 166 sales on my Etsy and I really started going hard and focusing on it just the beginning of the summer. Yeah. Only like maybe June. Wow. And it's like, yeah, it's what, it's September now. So June, July. So like four months I've made like 166 sales. That was wild. <laughs> that is awesome. I know how it feels to get a sale. I don't, I don't have a store or anything, but when I had my exhibition at university from the end of a photography degree, two people got managed to get their their prints on the wall sold. Um, one of them was me, and I was just like, "Holy crap! Someone likes my work." That's amazing. It's so reaffirming when somebody else is like, "Hey, like I want to have your art in my home." It's like you're giving me that honor that like a piece of me is gonna be like in your personal space. Like it's just really cool. Any comments that stand out that those who are possibly not autistic? Yeah, I think most of my customers aren't on the spectrum. A lot of them actually are ladies that I met through, like, cat groups. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't really have anything. They're they're pretty positive and really supportive. You know, once in a while I'll get a pretty rude comment from, you know, they seem to be, like, middle-aged men, <laughs> Only a couple, but it's mostly been really positive, and yeah. Have you tried other mediums other than just uh, painting? I have definitely dabbled in some photography, so I have taken some pretty decent photos. Like, when I end up taking pictures, one of them that I took was of a cabin, and it literally looks like a professional, like, magazine shot, like, like from a realty magazine. And I looked at it, and I'm like, I took that? So... Definitely photography. I like to make YouTube videos. I do have my own podcast, but I've kind of abandoned it. I'm sure I'll come back to it, but it is called Autistic Speaking. I wanted to kind of mock Autism Speaks, so that was the name I came up with. Editing YouTube videos and filming them and crafting those, to me, I think is totally an art form. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I really enjoy. Uh, I really like, I actually, it's a little bit controversial, but I recently, or at least a couple months ago, maybe, I posted a video about the Aspie world, Dan Jones, and I actually did a react video to his girls with autism video because there was so much misinformation in that video that I literally was cringing so hard and was like face palming and just in the video you can see me get increasingly more upset so it's pretty funny actually so I mean I don't know I, I like to paint I use paint markers and I use acrylic paint I don't really like oil paint I've used pastels I've done collage I've done art journaling I've done mono printing um, I sold art supplies actually for over three years of my life. Hmm. So my wealth of knowledge is pretty vast. So it helps if my mom or my sister has any questions about art supplies or mediums, I can really chime in. So I've really kind of expanded my artistic endeavors, especially, you know, from where I started to where I am now. I find it quite amazing that you like others like to dabble in other mediums 
I do agree with you when you say editing videos is an art form in itself. Um, I've always I've been dabbling in that in video editing since my teens, but it's only recent years that I've decided to do videography along with my photography and put it in one area. And um, another recent thing I've been doing is um, a graphic design. I've been dabbling in that, and I actually really enjoy it. It's since uh, I started doing it like one module in it in college and I'm like this is so much fun yeah I've dabbled a bit in graphic design myself I just tend to get frustrated with like the limitations of my computer and then learning like photoshop or whatever yeah. really for me takes me back to a place of how frustrated I was with math in oh. elementary school and so I get the same kind of like frustration I need to give up kind of feeling yeah but I get overwhelmed so easily. Yeah, I understand that, and I do have my moments. It took me quite a while to actually efficiently use Photoshop, but the best thing about Photoshop is that there's so many ways of doing one thing. There's like the easy way, there's the convoluted way, there's an, an odd way, or there's a brand new way you only you know. It's, it's just so versatile, but it's a pain in the butt if you don't have a good enough computer. <laughs> Absolutely. Any advice for those who are autistic and are aspiring artists yeah so what I would say is you know just continue creating your art it's finding your audience that I think is the most important thing if you're looking to sell if you're just an artist I mean if you're an artist that basically creates work on a hobbyist level versus professional I think just doing it and also, don't feel limited by the quality of the materials that you're able to afford. Even if you have like a discount store or a dollar store or something like that, you can still find really, really good materials that will get the job done. You don't need to go like spend a whole lot of money. I use pretty middle of the road standard stuff for my art like I don't use the high-end acrylic paint mm -hmm. I'll buy what's on sale like and it still gets the job done what I would tell people is if they're really concerned about their art fading because maybe they used really cheap paints you can just buy a spray that has uh, UV protectant and as long as you have that can you're gonna cover so many pieces of art with that and you'll you'll make sure that they don't fade over time so buy the cheap paint Get that spray varnish with the UV and it really will extend your dollar and make it go far. But really just be motivated. Just do it. Like if you feel a creativity coming on, have a few materials. What I do is if you're new to a medium, start from the bottom. Because if you go to the top, you will not you have no idea what you're doing. It's always good to start from the bottom and build from there. And that's why I've been doing with my camera equipment. And also be comfortable with the tools that you use. Just because um, something is the highest of quality and you use it doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. But if you're with something that's more your level and you're comfortable with it, you can use it uh, very efficiently. And that's what I learned with photography. It's like my very first camera, I used it up to its limits to the, to the point that I couldn't use it anymore because it was too slow. It was too grainy with the photos. It's like and it was. I needed something new. And ever since I tried another camera and got that, I'm still learning with the camera I have now. It's like it's got so many menus. Even I forget where half of them are. But it's just working with the tools you have. And if you are on a certain budget, try those things in the budget, and you know what works and what doesn't. 
because sometimes some of the cheap things work as well as expensive things. I think what you were saying about photography equipment, you know, you can take great pictures on maybe the most low quality camera that you have. I mean, look at what's coming back aesthetically too. It's like people are using Polaroids or people are editing their photos to look more grainy. Like, you know, I think it's what you personally capture and I think anybody is capable of making their art. You can even make it look better digitally, right? Like you can even scan in a photograph that maybe you got physically printed and do different things to it. So really, I think what we're most limited by is our imagination and putting a mental block in place saying, well, I'm only as good as my materials. No, your materials are only as good as you. Yep, I totally, totally agree with that. And finally, any other comments? I just want to thank you. And I also want to say that I definitely do dabble in activism work so if anybody wants to check out my youtube it is original retrophiliac it's all linked on my website navigatingjourney.com that i mentioned at the start um and if anybody wants to contact me they're more than welcome to i'm artful retro on twitter and yeah margo wask m-a-r-g-a-u-x-w-o-s-k have a strange name that's okay, I'm named after wine. Um, and anybody can look me up and feel free to converse with me if they have any questions. I mean, I'm mostly an open book, so I'm happy to continue the conversation of really breaking down these barriers, reducing the stigma, and showing people what autistic people are capable of. Great, and um, thank you very much for participating. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to have you here. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Autish Podcast. If you would like more blog information, please access autish.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. This is Oni Kagi from Autish, signing out.